you ever tried the McGregor Columbia Club? Not yet. Did you know the McGregor Columbia Club has two rooms to accommodate gatherings from small birthday parties to corporate meetings to large weddings and even banquet events? Really? Now, how many does that place seat? It seats over 300 people. They also have an in-house decorator, rental items to work within your budget. Their main spacious hall is ideal for maintaining distance between attendees. Well, what's the food like? Well, they specialize in roasted chicken, but also have a full menu offering your favorite dishes. Really? Can you do fundraisers there? They have fundraising opportunities for charities with their fish fry, pasta, or steak dinners, and other events. Come on. Now, what about breakfast? Well, they have an amazing breakfast. It starts at 8.30 on Sunday, and it ends at noon, offering your full breakfast menu. Don't they have a cornhole league there, too? Ooh, I'm glad you mentioned that, because they play in it. It's uh, just getting ready to go. They're just waiting for the okay. Can you find them online? Yep. You can check their menus and events out at McGregorColumbiaClub.com or check them out on the Facebook. And what is going on, everybody? It is episode number 74 of Hat Trick Hockey, which is always brought to you by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hat Trick Hockey. Now, Rob, this being episode number 74, it's the Mr. Oshi edition of Hat Trick Hockey. He's got 14 seasons in the NHL, 865 games, 263 goals, 353 assists, 616 points, current Washington Capital, Hobie Baker award winner, NHL All-Star, Stanley Cup champion. I'm assuming he's probably going to be on Team USA, no? Yeah, I'd probably say that. So that right there, that's my boy, my line mate, Rob. Rob, what's going on, brother? How's everything been? Fucking gold blue, eh? Oh, <laughs> working. It on was it. so awesome. It was so awesome. I uh, ended up going over to uh, Eric's uh, Standells, mm -hmm. and uh, it was just me and him sitting in the garage, crush crushing a couple of beers and mm -hmm. uh, just watching the whole thing unfold. It, uh, uh, I think uh, Eric may have had some tears. Mm -hmm. I may it have was too. straight up ass whooping. Right. And, you know, with the Lions winning and, yeah. uh, you know, there may, maybe there is a chance for the Leafs to uh, get out of the first round. No shit. The <laughs> you thing know, was, everything's coming. Everything's coming uh, hmm. full circle. So Lions there. I kind of had a feeling after what's happened over there in the States there this past week or so. I kind of had a feeling that the Lions might pull out a win today for that high school over there. So yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen today, to be honest yeah. with you. That was a shame. That's, yeah, that's that was fucking tragedy. terrible. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, Friday got into the beers with the boys at mm -hmm. uh, the Meg meeting and yeah. uh, what a bunch of beauties. We had a full table, like of course. Uh, the boys, oh, yeah. Joe, uh, Lou, um, um yeah like Josh, riley right everybody yeah, yeah everybody was there riley it was awesome like just crushing drinks and solving world problems and we did and we did <laughs> we, solved, we solved a bunch of world problems <laughs> that's funny so yeah it, it was it was a fantastic weekend i really enjoyed my weekend i had my boy home all weekend too with me and mm -hmm. uh yeah we put up the christmas tree today perfect perfect 
Yeah, it was uh, very therapeutic. Very therapeutic. Nice, easy, relaxing weekend. Yeah, yeah. I was no, no. I was uh, kind of. Uh, I was kind of the same. Back on afternoons again, so you know what I mean. It's uh, you know afternoons. I fucking hate afternoons. Like let's face it, afternoons suck. Yeah. Um, freaking like hockey and everything. Boys lost. 10-8, dude. Play <laughs> some D, boys. Ten <laughs> eight, lots of goals, but I felt sorry for the goalies, man. We were peppering them, but uh, you know. So the boys lost. So hopefully next week we'll bounce back. But other than that, it was kind of a calm, easy kind of weekend. It wasn't anything crazy. But then, like I said, back on afternoon, so so that kind of sucks there. But whatever. So on that note, are you guys getting shut down again? Uh, I'm thinking after the holidays, it's probably going to happen, but who knows? Everything's like anything can just flip at the fucking drop of a hat. Right. So what's going on now? Is it, it's still the chips or what? I think they're going to be starting that retool. I think is what's going to happen. I think that's all going to start happening. So I don't know. Don't anybody who's listening from work or anything. Don't quote me on anything. I don't know for sure but i'm thinking that that's probably what's going to happen because we're right about the time for that to start so right hopefully that would be i nice. just heard a bunch of mumbling so oh of course that place has more rumors than vans half the time so you just kind of go with the flow and see what happens whatever happens happens so that's kind of what i'm doing right now <laughs> at this point but uh in the meantime should we jump into the hockey so we'll start off with one of the things that I thought was kind of funny the other night. It was uh, my Red Wings there. So Ernie hops off the bench, what you just seen there. He hopped off the bench on a change. This guy threw a long stretch pass from the Islanders. Long stretch pass. So he caught it while Ernie came like maybe two or three hard strides off the bench and threw the most – this hit was – Shoulder to chest, skate still on the ice. I like freaking send it over to you, Rob. Textbook hit. Textbook. Oh yeah. And then he has to fight after. That's oh. the part. That's the part that I don't like. Why are we fighting on clean hits? Well, because you, you embarrass my guy. I'm I, I gotta fight you now. I understand that, but like it's the guy wasn't hurt. Like, you know what I mean? The guy popped. Oh, he was crushed. Oh, you don't think smoked. the wind was fucking blowing oh, well, up? Yeah, of course. But <laughs> pick your head up, buddy. For Heads sure. Up, but he didn't, he didn't see him coming off the bench. Well, you know what head- I mean? He takes a quick look and there ain't nobody there. Then all of a sudden there's somebody there. Heads up, motherfucker. But it, 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 was, uh, it was vintage Cronwall. You know? <laughs> it was like a beautiful hit. You, you got Cronwall, You it got was, Cronwall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I just, that's the only part that I didn't like about it is he had to fight after. Mind you, the Red Wings, like the, the other guy. It was more of a wrestling match. It was really. It was, yeah. It wasn't really much of a full. Ernie's not ex- not exactly much of a fighter. But hey, so, if you're gonna throw hits like that, you better be ready to answer the bell. I understand that too. I understand that too because the guy's fucking glove went flying. Everything, everybody, oh, seriously, it check it out. Beautiful hit, absolutely yeah, beautiful yeah. hit. I just didn't like that he had to fight after. I just don't like how you have to fight on clean hits. It's one thing if the guy's laying there and he's hurt, but like the guy was just kind of back up on his feet. So I just felt that the fight wasn't really like necessary, shall I say? But you got to do what you got to do sometimes. It is the NHL, I guess, but beautiful hit though. All of a sudden you've turned into an old maid. 
No, fuck no. no. What, what's going on here? Like, I just think you should only have to fight if it's a bad hit. If it's a bad hit, okay. You know what I mean? But that was fucking... Wow, you've changed with all these interviews. You've textbook. changed with all these interviews, bro. <laughs> yeah, fight me, asshole. So <laughs> we'll go over to the Chucky brothers. Chucky brothers had quite the Saturday night, both of them. One of them scored in overtime. The other one gets a shootout winner. Brady's had the overtime goal versus yep. uh, Colorado, I want to say. And it was kind of a play that just happened. I think a shot got blocked or something like that. And the puck just squirted out, and it was him and the uh, freaking goalie there from probably what? His blue line in? Yeah, easily. Probably easily, and he I'd say the red buried line. it. Yeah, I'd he made red line in. He made no mistake. Made no mistakes. Got a beautiful goal. I think, believe he scored two on the game. And then his bro out west there, Matthew, scored the overtime, not the overtime winner, the shootout winner. Correct, yep. right? Yep. And he got a beauty too. Yeah. Yeah. Those brothers, man. Whew. They're both I, like I can't wait to I can't wait for the Olympics, man. Like those those Kachuk brothers on on they both got to make that team. Yeah, they're There's team no way USA, they right? Yeah. And then and then you got the Shifley and then you got uh Matthews. Like that that team's that team's gonna be a wagon too. Oh yeah, but they're not I gonna mean, touch if, I if you're into American touch. hockey, but whatever. If you're in the like silver medals or something but yeah. i guess that's okay but bronze because we're a wagon oh usa going for a gold song <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see you coming up <laughs> um oh by the way quick note about all the games on saturday seven out of ten games were one goal games six out of those seven games went either to overtime or the shootout how good is that it's incredible. Like the, the that's how close the NHL is with this salary cap, right? Mm, I love it. Like there is no pullaways. There's no, there's no nobody's walking. And I think it was like uh, it was like four of them or three or four of them ended four to three. Yeah, so they're all <laughs> they're all really close. It was right? yeah. It was just a weird game. If you were betting freaking ties last night. <laughs> Probably made a killing if you were betting ties last night. Now, how does that work? I think the game just has to go to an overtime or a shootout, and it's considered oh, okay. a tie. So, but okay. I think that's only if you do the pro line, obviously, but if you do the other one spread, obviously, it's different, right? But, uh, yeah, it's all just crazy like that. Not really, like, league's kind of quiet shall we say we kind of touched on a lot of shit last episode right right so in that meantime we got about an hour interview with an absolute legend ladies and gentlemen absolute legend came on with us shot the shit with us for what like probably just over an hour yeah was a cool guy ladies and gentlemen we have stanley cup champion this would be our third cup champ well, if you add Darren's four, like no, I just know, mean I guys. I just mean guys. I know. I, know. I just. I don't I mean actually cups. <laughs> cups. This would be seven for us. Yeah, yeah. But, ladies and gentlemen, we got Gilbert Dion with us here. Absolute legend. Had some amazing stories. He was a funny guy. He's pretty witty. <laughs> He's pretty witty. 
took a couple jabs at Lee fans, which I liked. Celine <laughs> so, Dion, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, he was a beauty. So you know what, Rob? Let's just flip it over to him. Okay. So you don't want to hear you don't want to hear from us anymore. You want to hear from this guy right now. Everybody, enjoy. Absolute legend, Stanley Cup champ, Gilbert Dion. Enjoy. Total beauty. Roll it. Delta. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this next guy here with us, very special guest with us. He's played OHL, AHL, IHL. He's played overseas. Six seasons in the show, he played with the Habs, Philly, Florida. Won a Stanley Cup in Montreal for all you Habs fans. Gilbert Dion, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. I'm not doing too bad, but I'm disappointed. The introduction it sounded like I was a suitcase or something like that. Over the place. Todd Warner stopped me in the middle of his because I was listing teams that he was on. Okay, Warner was worse than me. So I'm okay. I'll take whatever you just said. I really appreciate it. It's an honor, actually, to travel a little bit all over the place. 13-year career in total, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on. I'm very happy for the invite, Anthony. And uh, obviously, what Rob just showing up the last minute, last minute, uh, finishing up the beer at the bar. So we're, we're good to go. I brought it with me. <laughs> Everybody's good to go. Hey, I've been seeing you a lot on social media these days, dancing on TikTok. Like I follow you on everything now. Like, and some of the stuff you do is funny. I laugh. It's great. I love it. Now, you know what? It's it, it's things sometimes, and it all started. Like I don't want to just stretch everything out tonight, but uh, COVID. You know, last couple of years been very, very hard on a lot of people, and especially my own family. Uh, my wife, uh, my you know, my ex-wife and my kids. At, at the time, we just wanted to do something special, and I thought like once a week, let's gather together in the house. And on Sunday afternoon, my kids were ready to do some sort of uh, TikTok and having fun with it, and uh, it cut my eye. I just said, "What do yeah. we ask fun as a family?" And make story short, it became popular and then every sunday my kids are starting with dad it's over it's for young kids and all but uh just keeping track having fun and anthony tell you the truth every friday people are waiting for me to do something i'm like okay it's how can what can i do next and uh, i just carry on and have some fun i love it i i honestly i like follow it i watch all your stuff it's great well you have to put a like and, and then you gotta do a share i know i'll, I'll start i will start doing that i promise promise well, we could share it on our uh TikTok yeah, we could well. share it anywhere you want man so yeah. you uh you were born in drummondville right yes yeah, so i was born in drummondville uh in uh, a long time ago when uh following up my bro older brother marcel marcel dion also uh, plays some nhl hockey so uh, we came from drummondville quebec a family of eight i'm the youngest of eight and marcel uh decided to move to ontario to play some hockey and i followed his, his footstep uh, and then we can carry on at the other uh, stories and uh, <laughs> and uh, conversation you want to tag along. But yes, I'm from Dumbledore, Quebec. Mm -hmm. So how did how did you get started in uh, hockey? Uh, actually, I was born and on, at, when I was in Drummondville, I lived just across the street from a small school uh, in Saint Mary uh, on the 13th line. And uh, you know they do the Quebec is so uh, popular of uh, making outdoor rinks and so forth. Uh, so um, watching outdoor out the window and see what's going on, uh, you know, starting in November till April, uh, who doesn't want to go play some little bit of pond hockey, but uh, it was organized through uh, um, the township and so forth. Um, having the bite of hockey, don't forget, uh, especially being a younger brother of a, 
Hall of Famer and uh, uh, inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, how can I follow hockey and especially being a small guy, you know, living in a small town in, in Montreal and in Quebec? Uh, that's how it all started, right? Give me a stick, mm-hmm. give me a ball. And everybody likes to play mini sticks when you're young, if you like sports, right? And anything, could be baseball, yeah. soccer, football. You, you grab something and all of a sudden you're a boy. Uh, you just want to start throwing things around. So hockey was, was that's what was handed to me. Mm-hmm. So awesome. uh, you went into the OHL at like 18, right? You spent two years in Kitchener, right? So your second year, you actually led the squad in points. You had 105 points. Who was on your line that year? I had uh, Joyce and Aubin, and I forgot my right winger. <laughs> We had, I had Jason Firth at the center, Joyce and Aubin, a few top guns at, in Kitchener. But before it all started to end up in the Rangers, when I left Quebec to go come and play in Ontario, I didn't speak a word of English. I was 15 years old, and I came as a 16-year-old uh, player in September, try out for uh, St. Catharines Blackhawks, which my brother tried that 30 years past, you know, in, in the 70s. They make the team, and then the junior team, the Niagara Falls Canucks, junior B, I thought it'd be an opportunity for just not only the name or thought maybe we can look after Gilbert and see what can happen. Not over excited year. My first year, rookie at 16, but the following year, I just ended up with a bunch of goals. Uh, yeah, 48. Top league. And then the Kitchener Rangers decide to uh, take a chance on me and draft me. Let's not mm-hmm. forget for all the listeners out there, if they know what draft picks and uh, the picks and round and all that stuff in hockey, uh, I was drafted a 19th round. So 19th round, 268th overall in the 19, uh, 1988 draft for the Kitchener Rangers. Let's not forget, 268 player in Ontario or across Canada, whatever you mm-hmm. want. Uh, so that's what happened. That you realize two years in Kitchener, 18 years of age, had a few points the first year, learning curve, rookie mm-hmm. year. Then the, my second year, I had 48 goals and 105 points. Yeah, and talk uh, about a breakout year. Holy crow. Yeah, so it just it, it just feels like, like in my career, if people want to explain that there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. For any mm-hmm. athletes in any sports, sometimes you have to be patient. Sometimes you have to wait for the break. Sometimes you have to wait for the right time. And it still happens today. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the old days, um, not necessarily you have imports coming in, but it's still the same today. You have to be the best player of your group and someone either in the scouting, the draft report, whatever is out there. Uh, you have to believe in it. And it happened to me and I, I cut a good break. Mm-hmm. So with 105 points, Mr. Dion, <laughs> you had 50 or 85 penalty minutes. Let's talk about that. <laughs> well, that's, it's, about, it's not about fighting. It's about slashing, cross-checking, hooking and spearing. Whatever we were allowed to do back in the old days. <laughs> spearing, he says, throw yeah. a butt end in there. Oh, yeah, butt end, elbowing. <laughs> It's not not always five minute major. If you look at the stats, there was not going to be five minute major. But you know, it's out of frustration at times. You play old time hockey, uh, your label as the goal scorer. And if there's a strategic back in the old days, uh, there's only one camera that watches out there. There wasn't even video cameras at all mm-hmm. to watch any games by all means. One referee to dictate the game. Uh, but there was a lot of things that you can do to get away with that that you cannot do to get away with now. What absolutely rock like made my head explode is you went from the OHL, you went into the AHL in Fredericton. 
Yes. And you went there. And so you went from one year where you got 48 in the O, you turned around in your first year in the A, you put up 40. Yes. Like that's crazy. You put up 87 points that year. So how was the game like different from the OHL into the AHL at that time? At, at that time, it, not necessarily, it's, it was an adaptation, but let's let's figure this out. And you get drafted. First, I get drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I was just going to say that, the, too. The Stanley Cup. It's not a franchise that just started. It's not mm-hmm. like I was drafted. Like, let's talk about, like, the San Jose team. Or, you know, it was not, like, newly franchised. Great organization. Great uh, scouting. Scouters. You know, whatever you want. And it all goes from the front office. So, you come into Fredericton. And knowingly, not myself, I just have to prove myself how I can adapt to their system and to the team. Knowingly, they go, well, we drafted a Patrick Lebeau, a Jesse Belanger. Mm-hmm. We got some veterans combined. How can we turn this kid within two, three years, maybe five years before making the NHL, right? Now, mm-hmm. today's hockey, Anthony, you get those guys, boom, straight in the NHL. We give you yeah. a 10-year contract, $10 million. You must play your first rounder. No experience. Get out there. We'll give you three years in the NHL and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I have to learn the hard way. Pat Burns was our coach in Montreal. The draft, the Molson family says, this is our work. Go pay the price in the minors. Let's see what happens, how you can adapt and be hungry for the NHL. Right. So it worked out well for me because I had a great, great uh, time in Fredericton. Coaching staff was good. And it's amazing. That I see it now. Back in the old days, I'm just a kid. I just want to yeah. play. Give me the ice time. Don't give me the ice time. You bench me. This is how hockey is. You shut Mm -hmm. shut the hell up. Do your job. You don't do your job. You're benched. Blah, blah, blah. And there was a three-year contract I signed, Anthony, for the Montreal Canadiens. That's how confident and or not confident the Canadiens had. It was a a three-contract, sorry, a uh, three-zone contract. Montreal was my contract, the Ferrington American League, and I could have gone ECHL. So it was a three-week contract that I signed. Wow. That was confident enough to go, you know what, put me wherever. I just want to play hockey. Mm-hmm. Now, going up to the uh, draft there, before we get too far away from the draft, did you know that it was going to be Montreal? Was there other squads involved or was it them the whole time? No, not really. Uh, back in the old days, if you could, your agent, if you knew you were going to be drafted first two, three rounds, uh, uh, you know, it's people chatting to say you might go there. The draft was in Vancouver, I believe, my draft. And there's no way I was going to spend three, four, five thousand dollars that I couldn't afford. Just came out of junior. My parents says, "Nah, it's not going to happen." Uh, I'll still watch it on TV. And uh, be honest with you, I didn't even watch it. I was outside with my best friend Sylvain Fleury from uh, Drummondville. We're tossing the ball out, and uh, my parents just yelled out the window. I said, "You got drafted," and we thought it was Buffalo for some reason. Oh, but no. uh, we watched <laughs> on TV, <laughs> and it was a Montreal Canadiens that uh, gave us a phone call and uh, wished me. Uh, congratulations i've uh, been picked up fourth round fifth overall 81st pick uh, in that draft and i'll see you in camp i'm like okay cool and so that's how it happened that's awesome that's how crazy back in the old days it is hey, it was it. on a landline no cell phone no text nothing yeah. no <laughs> landline no emails thank goodness no. it wasn't buffalo eh <laughs> well i could have lasted maybe 10 years there <laughs> that is true you've been a regular <laughs> who knows <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Was was Montreal one of your favorite teams growing up? I'll be honest, Rob. Like, let's not forget Marcel's history and the Gila Fur time. Marcel and Gila Fur back in the seventies uh, were going to be either the first overall in the uh, in the NHL. Uh, Jim Pal- uh, Montreal decided to go with Gila Fur, which is 
normal at that time. Guy was in Quebec City playing for the Rapport, and um, Marcel was in St. Catharines, Blackhawks. So he was picked second overall. We had, I, this is rude, I would say, hatred. Like, we, my parents, my family hated the Canadians because they're going like, Marcel will come to town, say his things, do his thing, but he was always almost like the shadow, a Guy Lafer's shadow. And then he would disappear, and then we would rear, uh, read or or hear everything about what Marcel said or should have done or not done. So mm-hmm. when I got drafted, I'm like, holy cow, the Montreal Canadiens, are they trying to like redeem themselves? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, be honest with you, the disappointment I had being drafted at the Canadians, they've won like 22 standing cup at that time, 23 cups. That's I'm looking crazy. at the stats. I'm still like young, right? You know, you're 18, you're 20 years old. I'm looking and we're going to Fracton. I'm watching. I go, I will never crack this lineup. It's impossible. Right. Ooh, how can I break this lineup of a winning team? Right. Mm-hmm. So at the end, I just had an opportunity. Like an injury happened, uh, some things weren't going well by Christmas and boom, I slid, I slid in there and uh, the rest was history, right? It just mm-hmm. was hard for, for them to send me back to the minors and stuck with it. Well, your, your draft year, I'm just looking at the, the lineup and I'm like, wow, like uh, Russ Cortnell, Stefan Richer, Denny Savard, uh, <laughs> Stefan Lebeau, uh, Shane Corson, Guy Carboneau. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, and A you couple see, legends yeah. in there. Yeah, like yeah, all Patrick, in there. Yeah, Petra and everything. Like, I mean, you look back, you're like, it's not, it's not a bad lineup. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> nope, not bad. And yeah, <laughs> you just came out of an '86 Stanley Cup champion and just trying to rebuild themselves. And I came in in a perfect timing, perfect position, mm-hmm. and uh, rebuilt the team. So, I mean, we we started fresh. Some guys had to leave. Kellyos had to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Richie went back somewhere else and then start with some new young blood and. And Serge Savard was her manager, and he did it right. He, uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he believed in himself to say, I think we're, I'm going the right direction. And he worked through the minor system all the way up to uh, the Canadians. Mm-hmm. When, when you, like, went in there, who was that, was that older guy? Who There's always one older guy who's like a dad to all the younger guys. Who was that guy when you walked in there with the Habs? So let's not forget back in my time when I played it, especially in Montreal, we had about, um, correct me if I'm wrong, 10 French players, eight English players. Uh, it was a little bit divided, right? Let's not say exactly divided, but, you know, there's a language barrier in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the French area, you have, sometimes you have some true leaders. Leaders Like Kirk Muller was unbelievable when he was there. Quiet, happy-go-lucky guy, but when he's on the ice, he was giving us 100%. Guy Carbonneau was my captain. Carbo, once again, doesn't say much, but if he'd speak up, you're like, holy cow, let's sit down and chill out because he means stuff. On the English side, you have Mike Keane, you know, and you have Brian Bellows and so forth. You have Schneider on defense. It was so controlled that the guy you look up to, like you do today, like I'm, I got to mention Shea Weber. I, I saw a video of oh, mm-hmm. the dad of the game. We had such a level-headed team and with Patrick Warren that, and, and like you said, like uh, Denny Savard, the Hall of Fame right now, I think it was so controlled that everyone was taking some sort of a role himself, but it was as a group. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you right now who was the one to listen to. For me, it was Carbonell. I had to follow him. I was his chauffeur. I was his tickets guy that I had to give away. I was just <laughs> tagging along, man. So I could stick he was your bully. <laughs> he was your bully. Exactly. <laughs> now, can you, can you tell me what the first uh... – what, how how did your first meeting go like with Pat Burns? Well, Pat Burns, 
it was a different character. <laughs> but all around, you know what? Bernsey was has been to me. I thank him to this day of uh, the hard bully type of coach, uh, guiding myself and the young rookies to make sure that hey. This is a procedure, a process to go with. If you think you're going to come in Montreal and push yourself up to the top of the line, it ain't going to work. But I didn't think I had a good hate-love relationship. But the fact is, is like, Bernsey wanted to coach. Search of was the manager. President Molson, that's how it worked. Bernsey wanted to make sure this is my lineup. Leave me alone. And he didn't have to go upstairs and ask anybody how to run his bench. Right. At the end of the day, Bernsey... Did he like my personality? Probably not. Would he like Pete Saban personality today? Definitely not. But Bernsey was hard that way. And I was on the bench. If he needed a goal, he put me out there and threw me all the ice time. And I want to score for Bad Burns. That's the relationship mm -hmm. I've had. But he always reminded me after I had an awesome two, three weeks of hockey, he pulled me a drink practice, get over here. And then it was a French uh, conversation. He said, uh, Do you know how you got here? I said, yeah, by playing from Fredericton. Here's my dumb ass saying that thing. He goes, I can't send you back to Fredericton as fast as you flew here. Get rid of your goddamn smile. And, and you guys would know how Pat Burns with his eyebrow just popping up like this <laughs> and screaming at the forum. I'm like, oh my God. All right. I don't want to go back to Fredericton. I didn't smile for the rest of the season oh, wow. <laughs> during practices. And my team, they sent Corson and Lyle that were on the ice. They saw it. They, they heard it. He said, don't worry about him. I go, no way, man. I just, I got to respect this coach. Mm -hmm. And he did it, right? 21 goals, 34 points in 40 games. Uh, 40 games later, he, he made my career. So I, I thank him for that. Hey, so you, awesome. you just mentioned Lyle Odeline. Did you ever go out for like lunch with him? Because I heard it takes like eight hours. You, you end up here at lunch and then there's drinks and then it turns into you're getting food for freaking dinner and then it turns into post-dinner bar. Yes, and then he leaves and I got stuck paying for it. Come on. I got my visa bounce. So what am I supposed to say? Uh, I will be back. <laughs> Everybody always says, don't get caught for lunch with Lyle Odeline because it takes all freaking day. You know what? It did and it was great. And to each our own individually, uh, what we accomplished during the 90s when I was with that team, we had such a great group. Mm -hmm. I think it was so much fun to get away with a few things that you can't get away with today. But uh, we're human after all, uh, with all respect. It was fun. We knew when there's a day off coming on or mm -hmm. it's working hard at the end of the day, uh, the physical aspect that maybe as human, we can do more than a normal guy that just got a hangover yeah. and calls in sick the next day. You can't do it. Yeah. You have to get up and respect uh, that you get paid good money and have a good time. But Lyle Odis was a fantastic leader for myself too. And we still chat till this day. And, um, and he's been super awesome. He had, he had a crazy health scare, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did in Pittsburgh. So he had some sort of, uh, he, at the end of the day, something with his liver turned out to- It was the he, most- he, he was in the insane. summer in Phoenix and he hit a cactus. So he was trying to kick a cactus and they yeah. got poisoned, uh, blood poisoning. And uh, It was the craziest so story I've ever heard. Yeah, he's he's doing great. I saw him in a few alumni games, uh, sorry, alumni events in Montreal. Uh, mm. He's doing well and uh, all around uh, happy that that scared is uh, out of his way now. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so you you also uh, got to play with Roland Melanson. Yeah, Roly the goalie, stand yeah. up goalie, man. <laughs> yeah. So he we called him Uncle Roland because he played for the Spitfires and he was a my grandma was his billet. 
So like the boys would bring me downstairs and put all the goalie pads on me and fire pucks at me, never in the head, but you know, they, they take slap shots and knock me over, but <laughs> it was so awesome to see that he was in Montreal because, you know, being French Canadian and all that, like it was, it was, I, I'm just kind of looking through your uh, rosters and, and yeah. I seen him down there and him and Patrick law, you know, like that must've been pretty amazing. Well, let's look back and Roly had a good career too. Like great career, like a long longevity of career. Roly was a stand-up goalie, so he would never go down. And we made fun of him because he would <laughs> kick the puck. He would almost take your teeth out. He would <laughs> kick the puck with his pads towards him. We're like, it's supposed to go in a corner. He's supposed to stop. He goes, why? It's too much work. He would just kick <laughs> the puck forward. But you know what? It worked. Like it was almost a Martin Berdeur style. Mm-hmm. And let's just say Roley and Charles, you know, no offense to him and any other play, uh, goaltenders that were behind Patrick Wise, like, okay, I'm done. There's no way I'm going to play 30 games. Uh, I think they understood their role as a backup goalie and uh, where we're going with this. But mm-hmm. Roley was fantastic when I saw him during the, at the time. Well-respected. Like I said, the old school hockey I, I lived was respecting the elders, right? Like the boys yeah. of seniority. You know, when you're out there, I'll tell you a quick story about seniority. It's like Chris Allen's in the dressing room. I'm coming up from Ferrington. Like I said, I had, I think I had 10 goals in five games. I'm on fire and doing warm up. I'm doing my routine. I decided to get off. I thought I think I had enough warm up. Chris Allen comes in the dressing room. He says, hey, kid, get the hell back on the ice. I go, what are you talking about? I said, you're not going to be one of the first guys getting off the ice. Get the hell back on the ice. Who would not listen to Chris Nyland right now? <laughs> so that day, man, I'm telling you, Anthony, the whole year I was waiting till it was everyone off the ice and it was about respecting, right? Yeah. And the season ended, Knuckles and I went to some beers. We had an event. He goes, you know what, kid? I like you. I like you. I was teasing you the whole year. You know that? I go, you know, Chris, Knuckles, I said, that's the respect that I'm learning from the NHL, how it works, team camaraderie, and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I, I will never talk with Knuckles. Oh, shit, I'll get my ass kicked. Yeah, he's punching your head off your shoulders. Soft. Yeah, and he's a 10-year veteran, right? That's just yeah. put his sweat and heart out for the team yeah. to fight and to be uh, an enforcer for the team. And here I am, the cocky guy, after seven minutes, I tried enough. He just wanted to show, hey, you're 20 years old. I think you just need to learn a few a few gigs here, how it works at uh, you know, to be a Montreal Canadiens and a hockey player. So it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was a good event. But in, in all honesty, you must've had a really good upbringing because, you know, you showed respect where it was needed and you obviously had good parents that, you know, taught you the proper values of, of respect. Yeah. It, I think sometimes what's happening even today, I, you don't want to mention names, but if you get into an environment, it should still be this way. I don't care if you have good parents or not. This is the league. This is how it works. Like, I mean, I feel today, if we talk about today's hockey, it's sad for me, but you need to pat these kids in the back now. Like everyone gets a medal, like particip- <laughs> participation. Like everybody gets a ribbon. Get, everyone gets a ribbon. I have five <laughs> kids on my own. I'm sorry, but I'm just going without disrespecting my kids or being a bully towards my kid. It is the way it is. Sometimes life just mm-hmm. don't give you fruit flowers mm-hmm. at you all the time. So right. I don't understand where this is going. Uh, you're firing coaches because they don't say it right or do it right. But I mean, at the end of the day, you want to win something, right? You, if the goal is to win the Holy Grail, you're going to just follow the protocol of the team, not the league. It should be that team that you believe in, you're drafted in. You don't like it, see you later, beat it. Mm-hmm. Give your money back. 
If you if you think it's that bad, give your money back and quit. Yeah, but that's not happening. Work, that's not going to happen, and that's my point. Right? No, they ask for, they ask for trades now, right? You know, because they no, all have they their one way contracts or don't show up and no, you know, they put the team up. behind the eight ball. Like there's, it's been happening so often lately. But like you said, my son came home one day and he was all upset because he didn't get a ribbon. I'm like, you didn't practice. You didn't do anything like to run your events or, or practice your events. I said, so you don't deserve anything. Well, well, I participated. I'm like, well, that's good. You had a free day off of school. If, you're, if you ain't first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. That's why I'm confusing <laughs> it. Play that movie go, over and over again. Magic man. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, so 92, 93 rolls around, which is obviously a magical season for you. Um, could you guys feel kind of at the start of the year that you guys could kind of tell something special was brewing up or was it something you guys, obviously it's a grind, but is it, or is it like something that you guys just kind of felt it was just in the air? At the beginning of the year, we were a mediocre year, but uh, the, the shock is that the biggest that shocked us is Jacques Demers came in, Pabrin gets fired and they picked up Jacques Demers as uh, came out from Detroit, uh, St. Louis era uh, as coach. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he uh, sat us all uh, in a dress room. He says, uh, and to the media says, today, um, this year, we're going to shock the world. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. And we're looking at each other and we're like, what's he talking about? <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay. Someone's just predicting before the season starts that we're going to shock the world and win the Cup. He did gather a great group of players, great group of guys, great coaching staff, made believe in us. Uh, but we had a terrible season. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. mediocre. Let's say mediocre. You can't say terrible. We had six different divisions with the Adam division. As long as we were sticking into that division, finished top two with 90 points at that time, you'd be doing okay. But we finished the last few months. Patrick Roy was so not in himself, two and eight before hitting oh, the wow. playoffs. Um, so you can tell where we going with this, man. Like, this is not right. We just bounced back as a team. It was a regroup, a whole week off between the regular season playoff. We went to Magog as a group, get massages, you know, just legal massages and ping pong. Play <laughs> some fun. <laughs> some fun. Just, just regroup, get away from everybody. And Jacques had a great and awesome, awesome team lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, dinner with the wives, players, wives, girlfriends. And all he asked to the wives and girlfriends, he says, I need your, your husband for two months. If you can just you know, um, be on board. And I think it was Patrick Ross' wife and someone said, we're on board, coach, coach, do what you have to do with the boys. And we were one of the first one. We ended up staying in downtown hotels. We never went home, only just go change, see our family every couple of days and so forth. But there was one of those, all of us stick together and see how, how long we can cope of being away, like almost in the army, right? Let's just focus, yeah. focus, focus. Your organization even knew we're saying if, if, if a bill had to be paid, if, if a mortgage had to be paid, call the form, call the front office, do not bother any players at that time. And we barely didn't have cell phones anyway. So they worked out. We just stuck together for that whole playoff run and uh, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That playoff run was nuts. 10 overtime wins. Yeah. So you're down, you're going to Quebec. Quebec was ranked the number one team. In our division, don't forget Pittsburgh was back-to-back uh, yeah. run at that time. You got Mario Lemieux, Jagger, Barras, everyone's waiting for you. It's like, holy, that league, this this is over. But Quebec had the young group, right? Like they had uh, 
um, uh, Sackick and Forsberg and um, Adam Foote on defense, Mike Ritchie, Adam, all of the players lined up. They had Hextall in net. We had Patrick Waugh, and I think the big turnaround, we're down 2 nothing coming to Montreal. And uh, Patrick just turned the key on and says, I think we can get into uh, Hextall's head, and uh, we did. Uh, we mm -hmm. just, uh, uh, those 10 overtime runs, did we want it to go in overtime? Hell no. Who the hell wants to do that? Who wants to shoot out gold or nothing? Yeah. You just want to run straight up, right? It just happened that we were going there, being patient. The defensive style we had, uh, you know, you, you guys call it the neutral zone trap that we carried mm -hmm. on for years. Uh, I think it was just adapting, being more focused and, and ready, and the expectation was not really there. But uh, we believe in Patrick Wall and some of the boys uh, leading us to uh, to those overtimes. Mm -hmm. Rob, was that was that the year that uh, you were supposed to play the Toronto Maple Leafs for the Stanley Cup? Yes, Club? so the famous and the famous Toronto Maple Leafs series at that time uh, with the uh, Kerry Fraser high sticking Gilmore. Uh, Gretzky high stick and no sticking and Gretzky gets high stick gets a five major Gretzky scored a big winning goal carry on in game seven to uh, to see them Pat Burns was coaching that team I look looking back at their stats we can probably look back on Google similarity right they had yes. Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark, Dave Ellett on defense, Felix Podman on net like yeah I, I couldn't name all the guys um, but I'm not prepared for that but at the end of the day uh, I think I was asking me if they would have uh, faced us in finals, would they won? I'd tell all my Leaf fans, yes, they would have won the cup. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trolling them. Yeah, but guess what? I yeah, boom, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Suck on that, Leaf fans. <laughs> well, we didn't get a shot at it. The, 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 the Americans didn't want that to happen. Two Canadian teams, they would have lost all that revenue in TV and everything. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm going with. That's my conspiracy theory on that. So that's why Kerry Fraser had to do it. He got a suitcase full of money, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, but Kerry Fraser had a trick, still had a trick in his sleeve because when we went to the finals with LA, let's not forget the famous uh, illegal stick that uh, Kerry uh, had to uh, a huge call to make from us. So Marty McSoy had an illegal stick uh, game two. Yeah. Uh, we were down uh, one to nothing the series, and, uh, and uh, we call uh, the illegal stick on uh, Marty McSorley. Yeah. And Fraser was running, <laughs> running again. And you can see clearly back in the old days, you have to use, yeah. you still use it to stick with the, uh, the dime uh, length of the yeah. blade. And, uh, Marty had the legal stick and uh, got us a tying goal by Eric Deschardin. And then he ended up scoring an overtime uh, three goals for a defenseman for Eric. Uh, Biggie had a, had a great, uh, great game. Who made the call on that stick? So on the bench, there's a video showing that uh, Serge, uh, I mean, sorry, um, uh, our coach, Jacques Demers, going towards Carbonell. I'm beside Carbonell, and Carbonell's our coach, and he's asking, should we call it, call it? And the whole game, even ourselves, I had an illegal stick. Was it that obvious? Maybe not. You can see on the video, I'm changing the sticks, and everyone's changing the sticks. They're calling this, everybody go to illegal stick. Exactly. Everyone's yeah. going, but Martin Soli, just all honesty, I don't think he had any clue that he had the three hit, three of his stick. We could all three. We could have called a second period a stick too. Again, he was to call it Carbo. So I think it's time to call it because Carbono was smart enough as a leader and a defense as a center uh, would watch. It was either him or Luke Rubitai was going to get called. And at mm -hmm. that time, Marty 
uh, looked so much obvious on the one minute he was on the ice that we called it. So it was a team decision between the coach and uh, our captain, obviously, that said, call it. I'm positive this guy's going to leave those stick, and he got called. So. That's great. It's like we're, we're just going to put that right in our back pocket here, and whenever we want to pull that out, whenever we need a power play, we're going to pull that out. It's genius. It's genius. The game within the game. I say it on here all the time, and that's exactly it. Yeah. Did we win cheating? I don't know. Those are rules, right? I Fuck mean, no. we, rules are rules. Yeah. Did we pull back in the deflated ball from uh, in football uh, from the Patriots and and so forth? Right. Rules are rules. You know? <coughs> Just follow. What we have to do. Tom Brady did it, or whoever else. But I think this was, with all mean, a call that is part of the game. Uh, then uh, stunned everybody, and and I think it deflated the LA Kings uh, for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. They were pretty beat up too, like coming into Montreal, like for that series too. Like that, that I was think... probably one of the toughest series I've seen when Toronto and uh, LA. Played. Yeah, that was crazy series. There was yeah, amazing. Not, not for good. Yeah, Rob, we didn't have private jets and all that stuff. I think they're traveling from the west. Uh, yeah, were they beat up or not? We got beat up too. Uh, so many secrets I can tell, and I will tell right now. When Brian Bellows got a cracked rib, Kurt Muller with a broken hand, uh, how many other players we were working, and the doctors and the staff, something they're supposed, to, which they do this year, takes four to six weeks. You only have one day. Yeah. What can you do? Right. Are we injecting ourselves with cortisone shots? You know, try to be as legal as possible. I'll be honest with you. Lots of ice, lots of the ice, lots of massage, lot, and you have one day, right, to recuperate. Not three weeks. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. I mean, yeah. how many tunnels did I put in my body? How many things there were pretty much allowed or not allowed back then? We mm. had to do what we had to do to uh, to recuperate. So LA was doing the same thing. I just think that maybe, like you're right, the traveling of the flying of the West Coast probably got to them uh, to travel once again Toronto and the traveling and mm -hmm. then come back to Montreal. So, you know, how how nice i'm not making it. any excuses for them because i hate them okay <laughs> how how nice was it to raise the cup at home in front of your own fans unbelievable um uh, the other players lived it and you can tell during the one of the one of the uh videos carbon will be even lifting himself he's the captain he wants he's asking denny somewhere to come over and raise himself uh the form was fantastic uh, the fans were amazing I stayed there till about probably 3 a.m. with my gear on, uh, people coming in on the dress room. Unfortunately, there was a riot at that time uh, outside of the uh, forum. Uh, it was phenomenal. It was, I still remember till this day that I'm trying to get out uh, from my car to get to out east, uh, on the east side of uh, West Island. Then people are just rocking the car and, you know, I'm drinking with beers in. The cops go, stop waving at the crowd. It's three o'clock. We'll drive you on the highway, which I was not driving. But it's like funny. Like, you know, you get those cop car, you know, cop motorcycles, just get you on the highway and, and so forth. But it was a heck of a summer, an awesome fucking summer. I will never forget the rest of my life. Looked like a hell of a party when you guys were in the friggin' like, locker room there's just beers everywhere it looks like oh, looks like a great oh yeah sports, right i mean uh, uh it comes with hockey but all around uh just the fact i experienced the cbc hockey night in canada the interview the towel around your neck you get to keep it it's you can't forget that as a kid you see it you know mm -hmm. uh, uh during interviews and intermission and you lived it like i i can't i can't explain it it's just amazing it's it's an accomplishment uh, that it's fun. It comes back every year. As you guys know, that we're the last Canadian team 
to win the Stanley Cup, not only for the Montreal Canadiens in 93, almost 30 years, we are their last Canadian team. Uh, um, Ottawa came close a little bit into the finals. We're waiting for somebody to, you know, get to win something back to Canada. But uh, uh, it's nice to see my myself uh, on TV during the playoff run uh, every time uh, my jersey pops up or doing some stupid the celebration. But <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be just the greatest feeling ever. Like I couldn't. I couldn't even imagine it. Like I when I won a house league championship, you know, like it, <laughs> it was a huge party, but not burning the freaking city down. Like, you know, it, no, was, it, a lot, it was a lot of fun. It, though. <laughs> it is fun. I can't, when they give you a cup, I'm waiting because my brother Marcel came to the game. My parents stayed home. They would rather watch on TV, which is normal. He was okay. And like Marcel, I said, told the guys, no, it's my turn. I wish I was the youngest player. Me, Breeze one, Di Pietro were the last guys to probably host the cup, but I was waiting to, make sure Marcel's uh, in the right section, uh, 205, uh, row 16. I want to show him. As, as I grabbed it, I looked at him. And first of all, it's 35 pounds, which is not heavy, but exhausted, right? You just yeah. went from uh, weighing six foot uh, 194 during the season back to six foot uh, 188, exhausted. It, it just hit you, right? I, Rick. I looked at him and I yelled at him and, and I said, we did it. So he, you know, by saying we did it as a family, like mm -hmm. make our fans proud, him and myself, I said, we did it. And it was so much fun that he was just sat back and enjoying it. I said, get in the, get in the dress room. Let's take some pictures together, man. Yeah, This is the holy grail. Like you never came close, but you had an amazing career, Marcel. Yeah. And took some pictures and he got it. He knew. And he couldn't believe it for himself. We're 19 years apart, right? He was like, how did this happen? <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, so all around is fantastic. Till this day, I uh, cherish the moment to be a Habs, to be a Flyers. I was gonna, I was gonna wear my Habs jersey tonight, but since they're doing terrible, I said I was gonna say to be the Flyers. So I'm thinking, I said, I'm gonna be a Flyers tonight. Screw <laughs> this shit, man! I ain't putting no jersey. I'm waiting for my Panthers jersey. Panthers are fire. I'm oh, an alumni. Yeah. I'm waiting for it. I can't find my Panthers jersey last 30 years looking for it. And so anyway, so I got no jersey to put on tonight. <laughs> oh, that stinks, eh? <laughs> now, now, so so let's what happens when you get traded out of Montreal to uh Philly? Uh, it's been a tough year. So you win the cup, things get shaken up a little bit. Uh uh lockout happened. There's things sometimes you can mention, you know front office to player to whatever i just don't really want to get to uh personal matters into it but the thing is just like all right i knew it along okay we, you try things not working out coach tells you you're gonna get traded you're not playing tonight in ottawa you're gonna get traded to a good team uh you're gonna enjoy playing with you i said Jacques, just tell me man like don't be a kid you know Jacques Demers, we're chatting i go look buddy you're telling me right away i'm getting traded by the time we Take the bus back from Ottawa, but you don't tell me where. And so the next morning, Sir Tavard called me and said, you've been trying to Philadelphia. Uh, thank you for your services, whatever they were saying. Um, he says, uh, Bobby Clark's going to uh, trade you. Uh, he's going to call you and see if you can uh, meet up. I said, sure. So Clarky calls me. I said, would you be able to come and play hockey tonight? I go, yep, I'm in. Told my, young, my wife and my kids, I said, I'm leaving. I got to go to Flyers. I'll be back. I'm at the airport waiting for a private jet. I see Eric Desjardins come in. I don't, sorry, I see John Leclerc come in. I go, what are you doing here? Mike? 
It's almost like I was in the cloud. Like I had a bunch of beers the night before, and I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Montreal's not playing. I goes, I've been traded. I go, to Philly? He goes, yeah. So I give him a hug, and he's looking forward to it. I think he's looking for just a different focus or something. So, oh, my God, Johnny, that's okay, yeah. Then we see Eric Desjardins come in. When I saw Eric, he looked so heartbroken because here's a, a Quebec boy mm-hmm. from from Montreal. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And who did he harm? Like, you know, who did you harm to get traded? Such a package, right? Three of us from Mark Recchi and the Jet came in from Philadelphia, landed. Mark Recchi comes up. We shook his head. We, uh, his hand. We chatted. We told Mark, you're going to love Montreal, man. They're waiting for you. It's awesome. And like he told us, same thing. He said, Flyers are going to be pumped. And you guys are going to have a good time. And that's how our trade happened. That's it. Nobody. It's like, bye-bye. Crazy. 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 Three of the luck. Frenchest of all French guys get traded to Philly. Exactly. And <laughs> you know what? Pat myself in the back, whatever we want to say every time, tell a story. A big story is Serge Savard. I met him a few years back. Uh, we had a golf tournament with Team Canada 72 Summit Series. Chatted. I, I gave him a ride back to his hotel, and he looked at me. Here's Serge Savard. The guy won, like, five standing cup, Hall of Fame, top 100 of all time. He looked, you know, Gilbert, it's the worst, the worst thing I've made in my management career was listening to my coach. And I said, okay, what happened? He goes, I want to apologize. I go, for what? He goes, well, for the trade I made. I go, it was the worst trade I possibly made in management history. I go, Serge, relax. Let be gone be by gone, man. I mean, yeah. it happened. But here's a guy, a man, mm-hmm. just telling me, Serge Savard next to me in my car to say, you know, I'm sorry. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I start crying on one. We're like, Serge, like, come, take it easy, right? Mm-hmm. But it must have felt good. It probably, it weighed on him, right? To say, I made a terrible decision. And I want to say, I'm sorry. I'm like, holy shit. Thumbs up. Yeah. All is good, man. We're all we're we're alumni together now, and we hang out together, and, and it is what it is. You got me a Stanley Cup. That's all that matters. Right? Who cool. went back the other way? Who who went back the other way? Well, it was Do Mark Recchi, Mark yep. Recchi, and uh, Mark Lamb. Lamb came out a little late during the trade. He was still with the Flyers at that time. I go, you supposed to be here? I go shit, I just got traded. <laughs> Come Mark on, Recchi, shit, yeah. Mark oh. Lamb, L E M B. He goes. I think you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> so, no shit. Yeah. Well, John LeClaire joins the team with Eric Lindros and they become yes. the Legion of Doom, right? You got it. Legion of Doom. Like, uh, holy crap. 20 goals was not going to go good enough back then. And now they score, end up scoring 50 goals. Yeah. Like, that's so insane. Like, w- what a wagon. You you went from one to the, another. Like, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went to semifinals there in Philly. They signed me a two-year deal. Wish that would have worked out, but Mr. Snyder and, and Bobby says, you okay? You just struggle a little bit right now through your lockout. Then it didn't work out. Buy mm-hmm. me out in a two-year contract. And, oh, the, the league was a mess during that time. Um, we had a, became almost a salary cap issue and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, then I kind of snuck out to the NHL and just decided to go on my own and play a little bit of American League and IHL popped in. Decided to go to Cincinnati and play some uh, some hockey in, uh, as an international uh, hockey team that was not owned by any team. So mm-hmm. it was it was a good run in the IHL. Hey, which uh, which like NHL rank was the hardest to play in? 
whether it be the fans or just which one was the hardest to play? Well, since we're in the same division, Adam's division, let's not forget the Boston Bruins. Like, a stupid shit rank, man. I swear to God, you can score goals from, from center ice, no problem. I see Ray Bork just lining up, like, unbelievable slap shot coming mm-hmm. to us. Uh, let's not forget the glass by the boards are about this high. So not like you cannot touch player. Mm-hmm. I remember face off in Boston in our own end. And there's three, you know, three whistle break or whatever. There's a big red light at the uh, stop uh, at the uh, penalty box, but we they tell us they blow the whistle and you still got 10 seconds and go get lined up. I'm by the boards, Anthony. I'm again this humble by the fans over the glass over my head. Go home, you fucking frog. Get the Come hell out on. of here. I'm going inside the circle. I'm telling the linesman, go drop the puck, drop the puck. <laughs> the light's still red. Fuck off. Get off the get off the circle. I'm not going back there. I'm going to beat up. I would. Jersey, I swear to God. Like Get out of here. Then they drop the puck. Like, I mean, you want to see rats in the dressing room and cockroaches? I seen it all. I lived it all. At the end of the day, I wouldn't have traded for the world. We get dressed. You had to get dressed standing up. You had to because there's not enough room for the players. So be it. It was hockey, right? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, were you, were you a smoker or were you like the secondhand pack of smokes that you were crushing in the arena <laughs> while you were playing? You got it. I'm the, I, I was the guy that had to go buy the smokes at the bar and hand them out to all the players that were regular smokers or the casual smoker. I was beer and a smoke. <laughs> Every bars and restaurants, wherever. my wife's going like, there's about 10 packs of cigarettes in this backpack. I go, oh yeah, I forgot. I had to go buy smokes. <laughs> Guys just hacking darts, eh? In between oh, periods, yeah. everything. Lights, marble lights and whatever I was going on over the place. I go, yeah, I got it. I got it, you know. That's was, was there a lot of smokers in the dressing room? No, no smoking in the dressing room. Uh, that was deteriorated, uh, you know, within uh, in the 80s. So it was yep. not allowed. Uh, I knew that the regular smokers, uh, which it was only one or two when I was in Montreal, uh, before the bus would take up, just go in the bus, you know, area where I had a quick smoke, but uh, none of us, we were all social smoker. Do you yeah. guys know, you know, the bar smoking guy? Yep. Grab a dart and a cigar and, and then uh, get to the velvet room or whatever it is. But um, all, of, all, of, all around was just innocent uh, mm-hmm. way to do it, but I, I lived it. Because, like, I'm a year older than you, so... Uh... <laughs> I remember Guy Lafleur. You could see Guy Lafleur go down the little tunnel there, and you could see that heater light up. <laughs> come back, sit on the bench, and fucking go have a shift. And you know, and um, all the fans, Rob, too, is uh, the chewed tobacco was getting there. So I had some guys, some team, probably five, six players, would chew tobacco, uh, which is a pouch or whatever it is. At yep. ten to chew, they would between periods would uh, use it. Uh, you know, people, guys would chew gum or just your own routine. And mm-hmm. I would tell that some guys would chew the tobacco. I tried it in junior and I puked my brains out. So I said, <laughs> I'll never fucking do a Copenhagen ever again in my life. I tried it so, once too. Yeah, it was a lesson learned. I turned green and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You got, it. you got it. Hey, you like to have a good time. What city had the best nightlife? I think what was fun. The best nightlife, let's not forget Quebec City, Montreal. You know, you, you live at home, you own the city. Like I was in Montreal, I just ran the whole city and town, good or bad. So you had a bad game, you were getting shit on. Tell you what, you don't want to be, but good times, they gave you the key. But here we go. Where's your wife? Where's your kid? Where's your family? You own the whole city. Let's not forget, I experienced a young age, New York City. I experienced San Jose. 
you know, let's not forget now Cal uh, California start, uh, it's not California, um, Florida start coming in, Tampa mm -hmm. Bay, like playing hockey in the middle, of, you know, middle of winter, it's like 80 degrees out, there's the beaches, hockey all over the place, golfing during your break time. So it was really new and weird with trying to be disciplined. And then let's not forget when I played with Florida with the Panthers, it was the same thing. So it's like, holy cow, like this is heaven. Mm. But but all around the much, much fun city is just the fact that when you were, I was, I will remember New York because it really freaked me out. New York City, you see it on TV and it's like, what underground bars and restaurants and sneaky places. and Rats the size food. of dogs. Oh man, like, you know, <laughs> subway and stuff. And just being like, holy cow, man. I don't think I want to walk around with a shirt and tie around here. I'm going to get mugged, right? I mean, it's just weird. I'll stereotype. I, I'm trying to explain this, mm -hmm. but uh, I will never forget, never forget that time. And you know, I get to experience Minnesota, then switch to Dallas. You know, a few good things like San Jose, the shit arena, back to the, the, the went from the Cow Palace to uh, the nice building. Yeah, so when they had the Shark Tank or whatever they called yeah. it. Yes, I was fortunate enough to live and play with the original six team that they played into, and then they expanded to the big cities, uh, expanded to new arenas. Uh, to the new building, so it was kind of cool. Did you make it to Club 54? No, I didn't make it to Club 54. I no. think I made it Club 64 because I was hammered by the time I was trying to get <laughs> It's a 3 a.m. bar, so I don't remember which number I was in, but as long as it was in 69. <laughs> <laughs> who who was telling us about 54? Was that Eddie Mio? Mio. Eddie, yeah. Mio. Yeah. Eddie Mio was yeah. telling us about that. Eddie Mio, yeah, he hang out with you know Pittsburgh guy. Legend. He's a legend in our area. Like he's yeah. from Windsor, right? So exactly. exactly. Yeah, he grew up on Erie Street. Like, and he gets he gets to the key to the city every time he comes home, right? Oh, yeah. So, He's a little right. older than me, so he lived a little thick, more experienced uh, era than, than mm. myself. I think they're trying to calm the players down by the time I got there in the 90s. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, now, what, what, what was your worst injury that you had playing hockey? Uh, you're looking necessarily through NHL, but I did take a skate uh, in the face uh, area, which is under the neck, so uh, I took a good uh, scare. Um, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, uh, I can see it. Uh, just yeah. incidental, you know, caught me for 35, 40 stitches. Uh, and the best part is the old days. This was in um, Fort Wayne. Uh, get hit, get in the dress room, and the visiting dress uh, doctor comes in, stitched me up, and says, You're good to go. Here's an unsanitized dressing room, shower, <laughs> you know, the knife gets dropped on the ground, picks it up again, and he wants another round. <laughs> Fun, right i'm like what is going on here let's put a bed down and go to go i went back on the ice and played but you know it's it off on his pants yeah, <laughs> yeah picks it up lights his lighter sanitizes it i need it man old time <laughs> hockey i'm telling you that's how it was but you know all around i got away with uh what i've seen a lot worse than what i went through you know other than the back and knees mm -hmm. and uh other than just the, um, the, the fights and mm -hmm. sticks and, and losing all my teeth i lost one right now you know <laughs> Those things are just normal uh, being a hockey player and uh, like to get mm. dirty in the corners. But all around, I've been I've been lucky that I'm still healthy at 51 years of age and don't mind doing a little bit of hard labor. So awesome. what about so what about now? Are you on the ice at all now? Men's league, anything like that? Yeah, I try to do a men's league. I got a lot of friends trying to pull me in there. I just realized I just tried three, four times, and I told him I said this is quick for 45 and over. He looked at me, he says no. This is 19 and over. I'm like, 
this guy's like 34 year old, like younger than me. And I'm like, no wonder I'm trying so hard. Like my knees all shot right now. It's all yeah. swelled up. I quit tonight. He goes, can you come Thursday? I said, no, I'm done, man. I ain't going to play no nine o'clock at night hockey with 19 year olds. Yeah, there's got to be a... Let's not forget you know, being competitive and never go away yeah. without being nice. You know, I just didn't want to get start getting pushed around. Yeah, right, any yeah. kids at a young age or during a beer league or, or whatnot, uh, you guys still got to show some respect, but you never lose this. Like, especially being a French French kid from yeah. uh, John play some NHL hockey, you just kind of lose your mind a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, there's only, comes, there's only some twat out there that's trying to make a name for himself, you know what I mean? Too, but you know why I did it, too? You know, like, it's the fact that someone was proud. I brought it, had a few beers, I brought the ring, we yeah. shut the shit. And it's not necessarily that kid that was 19 or something play, but I look, I say, hey, you have your phone? Yes. Why don't you Google my name? And let's see what's up. And he looks and goes, oh, this is what I'm playing with. I go, yeah. and that's the fun part. Thank, yeah. thank you, Google. That yes. brings a little bit of our, our history back and have some fun. But I love being out in the community. I love enjoying and, you know, enjoying the time with hockey fans and the ones that die hard that would play hockey, like shitting hockey three, four times a night, mm -hmm. a week. Amazing, yeah. but, but you know what? You know what's awesome too is you giving back to us and us letting uh, you tell the stories and and you know this is this is why I love doing this is because we get to hear this stuff you know about Pat Burns and Jacques Demers and you know like your career and you know like it's just amazing and I I, I enjoy every interview that we do. I, there's so many stories to tell, but I'm gonna write my own book, right? So I, oh, I gotta yeah. make money out of this. this, this For I'm sure. making the money tonight. Yeah. So I'm just keeping as as clean as possible, but I'm gonna be making some money big day. Oh, yeah. You make sure when you put that book out, you send us an email and yeah, we'll let us know page and we'll we'll share it with everything. I'm kidding, but it's not gonna happen. But it's the fun part, right? It's, it's oh, so yeah. much work to <laughs> uh, but uh, you have I always believe in hockey that what's in the dress room stays in the dress room with all fun and my stories are endless. I'm just trying to tell people out there that uh, it takes a group, uh, uh, especially me as an athlete. When I play sports, I take it on right now as my own yeah. work through friends, friendship. You create so much, so much good things in life. And uh, winning a Stanley Cup and being part of a championship team uh, will never go away. Mm -hmm. it, it's with you forever. Hey, where do you live now? So I live uh, just outside of Ontario, Kitchener, Waterloo, which is called Baden. It's a small okay, little yeah. town, small community. I wish I wouldn't tell you that because I'm here part of a witness protection program. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're you're like a few hours away from us. You're like two, two and yeah. a half hours away from us. No, the reason why I was asking is I go because, to Windsor like, all the time. I go to Windsor all the time. Are you serious? Time. Yes, I trade. I, I, I work in turf business. I've sold so much turf out in Windsor. I'm out in LaSalle. I'm out in that area, everywhere in Windsor. I did a sports turf uh, in the indoor uh, facility. Uh, I forgot where it's called. Central Wednesday. Park? Yes, yeah, Central Park. Uh, and then I, I go to uh, Kingsville Golf and Country Club, not too far yep. off. And yep. I did some uh, turf there with them and uh, stayed overnight and had a good time. So, anyway, oh, I'll right. hang out and go to Windsor and come and say hi anytime. But you got to let us know when, like, when, when you're out here again. We'll meet for beers. 100%. As long as you're picking up the tab, eh? <laughs> Done. Yeah, we'll just bail on you like Odeline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be drinking Miller Lite, by the way. That's for sure. I can see Rob likes his Miller Lite. <laughs> I love it. Rob, do you have anything else for I'm tapped out. I have two more questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, can, you, can you give us your 
best Pat Burns story. Can you give us another Pat Burns story? I love the well, man. Like I've heard so many things about him. So, well, this this too, and I, I can mention it, which is innocent on this end. When Vancouver and uh, Patrick Coy just like you said, this is the end of his era a little bit, stressed out. You know, the guy's on his fourth year, and Patrick Coy got fed up of Matthew Schneider. I think he took a high shot during warm up and come in the room. And Patrick came in during the same time Schneider comes in. They're arguing about, you know, he's not playing well tonight. I don't want Schneider in front of that. And Patrick says, um, um, Pat Burns told Patrick, you shut the fuck up and you just stop the fuck, right? So that didn't go well. So a little small of a scuffle there. But then when Boston, uh, during the same year, uh, same thing happened. Things not going well. Burnsy comes in. There's a fight happening in the shower. Burnsy's in there. Search of our cigar in his mouth. Coming out, trying to... <laughs> Trying to split everybody up. Big fight. Me, Breeze one, Paul Bear was sitting there watching back like, what is happening here? Here's the coach just just <laughs> <laughs> players after players. Bernsey lost his shit because things were just not going well, right? Yeah. But the next day, no media knew about it. Maybe a little bit what happened. The next day, we're just shaking hands. Let's get it going. Back on the ice, like everything was normal, right? It's but business. it's amazing that you saw like things like, you know, puff up, burn you with puff his chest up and just start pushing guys up and everything's just going wild and what's happening here? And as you can tell, once he left, there was a the pressure, right? The pressure, the proud, being proud, take the team where it's supposed to be, it's not happening. And those are one of many I saw burn stories. And he did well. He ended up going to Toronto, New Jersey. Like, he accomplished many things, but he was a hard-nosed coach and well-respected. And uh, till this day, like I said, he was hard for me. I could have just complained to HR and said, this guy's a bully. But no. we never did. This is the only thing we knew and respected that and proved it. And look where I am today, right? I love That's it. Awesome. That's a great story. Now, so, yeah. <laughs> so my last question is to you. You know how they have the horn in the NHL? You know, when they, they score the goal, like, yeah. I, I hate it. Because it takes, the, it drowns the fans out right off yeah. the bat. Those, those horns are for teams that can't fill an arena, you know, and that's how they all came in. But if they would have taken the horn, like, cause I know back in your day, they didn't have it. Nope. But if they would have played a song when you scored your goals, what song would you have had them play? I don't know. A Celine Dion song? I don't care. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. I'm fucking scoring goals. That's all I need to do. I don't care. Exactly. But yeah, at the end, you're right, Rob. It's so much fun. Like, you know, like, and they shouldn't have those loud horns, but you're right. I never thought of that. I mean, it's only 7,000 people on the stand. They need the big horn, the score. Mm -hmm. You don't need that much, y'all. Nope. Maybe in Toronto, but Chicago? You, you don't need Toronto. In Toronto, yeah, you need a bunch of horns. You need, you need really, really like, free loud and everything. <laughs> but by the end of the day, like, <laughs> I, I think the ole ole is old, but it's kind of fun when they start, you know, teasing other teams and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as everyone's in safe environment and fun, I believe every fan's got the right to wear their own jersey. I was worried when I was in Montreal, I go, oh, I'm a Bruin fan. Do you think, do you mind if I wear a Bruin? I said, if it's Bobby Orr uh, and Bobby Orr, uh, Tyre O'Reilly, any alumni, no one's going to beat the chair. You don't bring a, a chair out. Don't put a chair on, a Marchand, anything, because yeah. you get jerseyed outside, but the fans know the fans know, right? Show mm -hmm. respect to what jersey you're going to wear. If it's a Hall of Famer, to a respected player, no one's going to tease you in any way. 
right. uh, other than having beers after to have the nice cold Guinness in downtown Montreal yeah. on St. Catherine Street and have a good time. Guinness. Well, that's the thing. You don't. You can wear a Cam Neely in Montreal, but you're you're not you're not wearing yeah a Chara or a Marchand. No, no don't wear a Marchand. Fuck, you'll get sniped. Exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> well, on, boys, I thank you so much for reaching out. Sorry for the delay in that time, no, Rob and Anthony. It's been fantastic. I wish you all the best. I'll see you guys in Windsor 100%. I yeah, man, mind. get a hold of me, and we'll definitely have a beer. You are welcome on the show anytime you want, my friend. Right. Sounds good. Cheers to all hockey fans out there and any sports that you guys uh, enjoy. And uh, let's have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. You too, keep, buddy. Keep the good work up with the TikToks. Like and share, jackass. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thank right. you. Take care. Bye. And there he was, folks. Absolute legend, Stanley Cup champ, Gilbert Dion. Absolute beauty. Welcome on this show anytime, that guy. The story oh, I can't I wait to hook up when he comes down for oh, some yeah. beers with him I, because you know that Frenchman could drink. Yeah, I I, I have martinis? a feeling. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> I know he used to sip in martinis, grabs an olive, tosses in his mouth during the interview. Absolute beauty, though. One of my favorite parts was him when he was like, I told the Leafs that if Gretzky, you know, would something with that freaking high stick that the Leafs would have won the cup. Just trolling Leafs fans, shows us his ring. Fucking absolute legend. I love it. That was hilarious. So. It was great. Thank you to him. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to like meet up with that cat when he comes down into the area. He'd be fun hangout, I'm sure. Out of all my interviews, uh, he was probably one of my favorites. Yeah, he was fun, like, he's, man. He's in my top five. Yeah, he was great. Definitely, for sure. I agree. So your Leafs a little bit, Rob. Marner, he collided with Muzzin, right? Yeah. Was it in practice or the warm-up? Practice. Okay. So. Missed his second straight game. Yep. But there's the a, it's just doing it as a precaution. Yeah, They're but, like, it's nothing big. It, like, I think he may have got his bow rung, you know, and it's just, you know, take the precaution that they need to take and, and uh, you do your due diligence and, and take care of your boys. Like, you, you're, you're, you're on a heater right now. You can give guys days off. So, mm. you know, uh, but, they go into what, um, who did they play? Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah, they, they lost in a shootout. They go to Minnesota, and they go down 3-1. And I, I'm just thinking to myself, well, look, all these all these fake fans saying how not important Marner is and how much of a pussy is, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even care. Like, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're just fair weather fans. And, yeah. then, and then for you guys to get on muzzin about the hit, it's an accidental hit. Yeah. Like it happens all the time. Like, have you ever gone through the mall and actually walked into somebody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these guys are going at a hundred miles an hour and you know, one step this way, one step that mm-hmm. way. And you're, you're freight training it. And, and, and Marner's not a big guy. Muzzin is. Yeah. And now he gets, you know, taken out of the, the, the last two games uh, today being Sunday yeah, and he, uh, he, he didn't, he doesn't play tonight against Winnipeg, yeah. but still like, I, I, I'm so tired of all you fair weather fans. Oh, it's Muzzin's fault. Muzzin was a minus one yesterday. Yeah. They came back from three, nothing down. 
The part I thought was funny too is the fans were like giving him shit, like he like meant to hit him and fucking. Pra- it's fucking practice. Yeah, I, could, I think I he means to hurt one of his best players in practice. I, I can see like, if you're a Kyle Clifford and you're going to get into the game because you took yeah. Marner yeah, out. Like, but so you're a D man. He don't. He wants your, to look yeah. for him to start to play, and you know what I mean. Like, give your head a shake, idiots. people. Fuck, you're idiots. Give your head a shake. Guy didn't mean to freaking hurt him. Like, come on ridiculous when i heard that i was like i was reading that and oh i saw it on facebook reading in the like, comments and everything i'm like you guys don't even know what the hell you're talking about no no absolutely brutal absolutely brutal um on on a little bit of an upswing here a couple of things on an upswing Ovi got goal number 750 okay i'm i'm trying to wrap my head around this right now and uh i'm, I'm thinking like so gretzky played x amount of games they were they playing 62 games back then as well? Uh, well, they play 82 now, I think, don't they? I, I'm sorry, 82. Yeah, they but play like, 82 what? now. I don't know. It might have been like in the 70s, like 70-something games maybe. Now, do shootout goals go against that? No, no shootout I don't goals so, do right? not count. They don't no. count. Okay. Did okay. you know that you could... But it wasn't three on three. It was five on five. And Did, yeah. did you know okay. that for you could freaking... If Wayne never scored a goal, Gretzky never scored a goal and use only his assists, he would still lead in points for the NHL all-time record. Just just assists alone? Just assists alone. Wow. Isn't that fucked? <laughs> like, when you really know. come to think about that, like, you think about how many goals he scored, right? Think about all the assists, too. Yeah. That's nuts, dude. Did you see Ovi explode that guy from the Islanders? Blew him up. Oh my gosh. Ovi's like tank, he's bro. such an animal. He like he's a farm animal for sure. He's, he's a tank. Cross yeah. he's like crosses sauces, right? They say yeah. Alfredo yeah. with the with, with the pasta sauce. He don't you? give a shit. Ovi. Yeah. That's like putting ketchup on pizza. Like, what, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. He's crazy though, man. But he's like, I tell everybody the whole time I've, I've said on the show before he's played the same way his whole career. Yep. You got, yep. you got, you got to give him that he's played the same way. He runs guys over. He'll fight you. He'll knock you out. He'll score goals. He'll like just whatever. He's a truck. He's a tank. The guy's like probably, I bet you he's at least two thirty. At least I was thinking heavier than that. Like two forty-five. Yeah, I was going light for him. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. You also had Mr. Wheeler, Blake Wheeler, is playing yeah. his thousandth game versus the Leafs, right? Yep, that's incredible, right? He just scored a hat trick the other night. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Beauty if it was goals last too. The night before, like, but mm-hmm. this guy's a stud, and, and and like probably the epitome of being a captain. You yeah. know, like everybody comes first, mm-hmm. and just make sure everything works. You he, know, like just does everything the way that you should play the game is how he as does a captain it. yeah which is beautiful that's what makes that's what makes it fantastic yep so it makes it beautiful hey you had something on my red wings i like okay so we're gonna go into the standings right now and um like i am so impressed with detroit like it, it just seems like everybody's bought into this mm-hmm. system and i get it but it's stevie y right but they're sitting at 11th overall. They're ahead of, just to name a few, Pittsburgh, Colorado, Dallas, Vegas, Winnipeg, Boston, Columbus, 
you know, like Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, and then it just, it just kind of tails kind of, off after yeah. that. But like, there is a hell of a teams behind them. Like that. I'm just, I'm, I'm very happy for Stevie Y and, and he's the only Red Wing I've ever liked. So mm. Uh, well, I, I, I think I think it's just fantastic. You got to figure too. They said it was going to be about a five year rebuild, and they're about three to three and a half years into it, right? But hasn't so, he only been there two years? Yeah, but it kind of started before he he even got there. So he's about he's this is his second year into it, or might be even be his third year. I don't know. No, I, I think it, well, I think it might could be, be right because I, yeah. I've convinced you that you were wrong before. Yeah. But so uh, it's either his second or third year. But still, he's for how far that he's gone into this rebuild is still is still like real good, right? Like they're they're like eight points out of first place right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's but incredible. What I like about it is they're hitting, they're scoring, they're fighting, they're standing up for each other. You know what I mean? They're playing as a unit right now. But and not when- only that. They're they're selling tickets at that new arena because that could have been a big deal if Stevie wouldn't have came back and you know like Stevie wouldn't have came back they might have been fucked right like you could be in a lot of trouble right now with that brand new arena and you know you gotta you gotta pay Mm -hmm. you know but it's it's pretty impressive it's pretty impressive it's back to now where like hockey's exciting again because like for like three years there for me it was like i was watching the leafs and shit more than i was watching everybody else more than i was watching them because they were getting killed dude they were getting walked like you know what i mean it sucked to watch it was painful try being try being 17 years and not winning a fucking first round (laughs) playoff like i know don't talk to me about that shit i agree if it makes it any better i was in high school the last time the least won a playoff series yeah that's what i wanted to hear that that makes it better (laughs) just just made it better (laughs) just just so you know rob yeah um yeah but they're ahead of all those teams this is great and last thing before we get to our beauty of the week arizona they're always saying like they're gonna go to houston they're gonna go to quebec city so i guess they're saying that they're not going anywhere they're gonna stay within arizona right but you know, Phil you Phil Kessel, Phil Kessel said he didn't care where they go as long as they have good hot dogs. Well, yeah, because <laughs> he yeah. Crushes, yeah. crushes hot dogs. He does crushes them. That guy, whatever he cares. If he's Unbelievable. Scoring, you he's play in the goals. NHL and you got you got kids that are on a strict food regimen, and this guy's just crushing dogs and eating chili cheese and fries, just and built like a bag of milk. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's 100%. Fantastic. It's but he fantastic. scores goals, man, and he's good. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see him lasting to the trade deadline there. If he goes, he's going to get traded at the deadline. You think so? I th- I can't see him staying there. Yeah. No way. Why? What's the point of him staying there? Because he don't care. You get to live in Arizona. Yeah, I know. But they're talking about that he wants to win, though. He was so easy. They're talking like Boston or so he could end up back there in Boston because he's actually been. Okay, let's be before. honest. Let's be honest. When he was in Toronto. He didn't give a fuck when mm. he was in Boston. They got rid of him because he didn't give a fuck. Mm. And now he wants to win. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. maybe now that he got a little bit of a taste of that. Well, maybe stay off the cups. fucking cheese dogs and well, we'll see what happens. Cheese dogs are good though. <laughs> they're fantastic, but not when you play in the NHL. I'll crush cheese dogs. <laughs> yeah, but you're a, you're, you're a fucking beer league hockey player. <laughs> 
that makes you know? a, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. A lot of money. You can crush all the cheese dogs you want when you're done with the NHL. But if you want to convince me that you want to win, I'm just saying. So the cheese dogs and the nachos and, and the coke extra and extra cheese. Yeah. Crush it. Throw some chili on there. <laughs> Whatever. So brings us to the last thing that we do in the shows now, Rob. Our beauty of the week. Who is your beauty of the week, Rob? My beauty of the week is uh, Jason Spezza. This okay. guy is probably the most underpaid player in the NHL, hands mm-hmm. down. Um, last night against uh, Minnesota, had two goals, an assist. And what I didn't understand is he's on fire. So why wouldn't you let him go in the shootout? I know. But nope, didn't, didn't let him. I, I would have let him. He would have been my first shooter. Yeah, why not? Right. Why not? So they end up losing in the shootout, and I was very disappointed, but it was still a great comeback. And so what are they? 7-0-1 on the road. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, they're playing well. You want to talk about road warriors. At least they got a point out of it, too. Yep. Yep. Grab points. Points are never bad. Especially on the road. Mm -hmm. Well, my beauty of the week. I'm going with a whole team. I'm going. Uh, I'm not. I'm being might be a little biased on this one, but I'm going with the Red Wings on this one. Shocker. I want to give. I want to give the whole team beauty of the week, just because, like I said, they're just playing all aspects of the game, both ends of the ice. Mo Sider had an absolute gorgeous overtime winner yesterday. Slap shot like right under the crossbar. So he's been good. Raymond's been good. All the young guns are firing. All the old dogs are just leading the way, too. And I just like what's going on right now, Rob. So they're enjoyable to watch again. And uh, that's pretty much it. I'm having a good time watching hockey again. It was pretty shitty there for three, four years or so. But it's getting good now to where they might actually, they might make a push for the playoffs. We'll see. It would be nice to see them back in the playoffs. Listen, we know we're not going to go to the Stanley Cup finals or win a cup. We know that. But to even to just get back there would be we'd be way ahead of the rebuild if we got back into the playoffs this year. Let's put it that way. So right. I'll take I'll I'll take it all day. So though that there, the Red Wings, Ants Buttes, Ants Buttes of the Weeks, shall we say. Um on that note, my friend, Michigan won. You're happy with that. So it's been a good weekend for you. Wings win last night. I'm good. It's a beautiful weekend, man. Yeah. So on that note, do you have anything else? Or are you good, my friend? No, I'm good, bro. Beauty. Until next week. And Rob, we're signing off. We're out of here. See you guys. Peace. Yeah, I can get behind it.